Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. The time has come. The moment I've been waiting for for oh so long. We're finally going to talk about crush ending on you. Yes, all three of us have watched the drama, it was homework for Janet, lol, and we have a lot of feelings to share about it. From the scenes that made our hearts flutter, hello Captain Ree, to the parts that made our jaws drop, we're going to chat through all of that today. So if any of you have not watched it, we give you permission to stop this podcast and we encourage you to either one, listen to an old episode, or two, watch Crash Landing on You right now and tune into this episode right after. There will be spoilers. Besides diving into the drama, we thought it would be interesting to touch on why it plays such a huge role in the Hallyu wave, which is the global rise and popularity of South Korean culture. So what is the Hallyu wave? The first time Mel brought this up to me, I thought it was like the, the how you wave, like Joey from Friends, when he's like, the how you do it wave. But Hallyu comes from the Chinese term. I think it's Mandarin. Hanlu? How would you ladies say it? Han, is it Hanlio? Hanlio? You're asking the wrong people. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Something like that. But it literally translates to the Korean flow or Korean wave and refers to the rise in global popularity of South Korean culture, starting with the spread of Korean dramas, then K-pop, language, and food. So a little bit of history on how this came to be. In 1986, the censorship laws were repealed in South Korea, which allowed for greater artistic freedom. And in the early 1990s, the South Korean government noticed that total revenue generated by Hollywood's Jurassic Park surpassed the sales of 1.5 million Hyundai automobiles, which influenced the government to shift its focus towards soft power, focusing on culture as an exportable industry. The South Korean Ministry of Culture then started developing its media sector, with more money going into films and entertainment by 1995. Then, in the early 2000s, neighboring Asian countries started opening its doors to outside entertainment. The 2001 Taiwanese drama Meteor Garden was a huge hit all over Asia's continent. And South Korea films like My Sassy Girl, Winter Sonata, and Full House also started to change the TV consumption in Asian countries. 
Since 2002, series from both South Korea and Taiwan have begun to fill these primetime slots previously reserved for Hollywood movies. Wow, that was quite a history lesson. I didn't know a lot of those things. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, thank you, Google. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting to see how culture was used as a soft power in South Korea, but as a consumer of these dramas, you really see and feel the impact on a global scale. So for those of us in LA, we hear about KCON, which is the like largest world worldwide gathering of people to celebrate Korean pop culture. Um, you see people of all different ethnic backgrounds coming to appreciate it. And now with online streaming platforms, the global reach of Korean pop culture is even larger. We have access to K-pop music on YouTube, and Netflix is even producing and releasing um, a lot of these Korean dramas. All right, so what is Crash Landing on You? It's a Korean drama on Netflix about this South Korean woman who lands in North Korea due to a paragliding accident. The drama follows her and this North Korean soldier as she tries to get back home. But this drama also has elements of family, corruption within the North Korean military, friendship, and love. It sounds dramatic, but there are also comedic moments too. So why is there so much hype around this drama? Well, number one, it came out towards the end of 2019, but once lockdown happened, a lot of people started watching Crash Landing on You and just fell into this Korean drama binge. I'm definitely guilty of that. Number two, Crash Landing on You also has the highest ratings in history on the cable network it was released on, which is TVN back in South Korea, topping Goblin, which is another very popular Korean drama. So how did we even begin watching this show? I started watching it because I heard a lot about it from my sister, Annie, and actually Ray, her husband. They were oh. so obsessed with it. And I obviously heard it from Mel, too. Um, but I think it was just one of those shows where everyone was saying, you have to watch this. And I remember asking myself, like, do I want to spend all this time watching a whole new series? Because it's a time commitment. Yeah. I think, Janet, when we when you started watching the series for this episode, this podcast episode, we kind of like calculated it out. And yeah. It was like an hour and a half per episode and there's 16 episodes. So that's about 24 hours. Yeah. Okay, 24 hours of, of watching this one series. But I think like you were saying, Mel, because of the staying at home and quarantine and all of that. I, w I was like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe we do have time to just like start watching this. And once I started, it was very difficult to to not um, to stop. So definitely worth it. But it is a huge time commitment. It is, but I think once you started like you know falling in love with Crash Landing, it be it brought me so much joy. And then that you were yeah. committed, I was like, yes, you feel me. Wait, Mel, how did you how did you start? Because yeah, you and my my sister started watching it. I think around the same time. Oh, but I hadn't okay. heard of it before. Um, so funny thing, I actually saw the preview, a trailer of Crash Landing on Netflix, and I choose and I chose not to watch it because I th I thought it was actually going to be really dramatic and historical, and I'm like, oh, I'm not digging this vibe. But then I saw a lot of postings on it on subtle Asian traits, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, everyone's talking about this drama, and I was like, do I want to watch this? And then when we were doing our lives, Instagram lives during lockdown, I did a Korean drama one, and everyone started recommending Crash Landing. Like, you have to mm -hmm. watch Crash Landing because I was up, I was all up on Itaewon class. So I was like, okay, fine. If everyone's telling me this drama is really good and I see it on Subtle Asian Trades and our friend Mimi, who's a big Korean drama lover, she's like, you need to watch this. I started watching it and I literally finished it in a week because I was so, I was obsessed with it. <laughs> so got a lot of um, outside factors um, contributing to me watching it. Uh, how about you, Janet? 
I already know it's going to be Helen and Jen. I made you watch it. Or Helen, no, I was Helen say, and I made you watch it. How did you even start watching the show? Uh, Mel. <laughs> but, um, forced her. Forced, forced yeah. her. We sat her down and were like, stare at this it was, for 24 it, hours. It actually was like we did calculate when we were planning our agenda and our schedules for the week. Like I had to put in time that I was going to be dedicating to watching this drama. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we, we decided on Crash Landing specifically, we were talking about just like K-dramas in general. And so at the time, I think uh, both Helen and Mel were starting a Taiwan class so I did start that as well and I, I think I got through like one or two episodes and then I kind of ended pa- ended up pausing by then I think you guys had moved on to crash landing so you were like okay Janet switch to this one instead so so I shifted focuses um and there were actually two things about crash landing specifically that um I think because like Mel was trying to convince me because I was kind of like uh and I'm hearing Helen saying it's like a 24-hour ordeal you know <laughs> um but the two things that I did find really um interesting was that you mel you sold it that the storyline involves like three very beautiful and dynamically different settings so you would be, be able to see kind of the more natural farm living in north korea the breathtaking snow mountain and lake views in switzerland and then also the more city setting in south korea so it's like okay i i do love watching shows for like being able to kind of imagine yourself in different settings so i'm like okay that sounds really cool i think that might be enjoyable um and then you also said the lead characters are a little bit older so that they're both kind of more later in their 30s and um, you describe their dynamic that it sounded interesting to me where the female character is this kind of really high-powered businesswoman but also very soft and you know the guy is kind of this very prince charming and like swoon worthy person so I was like okay I think uh, those two kind of sold me to at least like get into it and commit the time. So obviously this is a very long series but I want to know like what part of the series got you hooked on the drama once you started watching it? Mm. Why don't we start with you first, Mel? There's so I'm going to say this so many times today. There's so many to choose from. <laughs> um, but if I had to think about the first moment, I was like, you know what? I'm actually really enjoying this drama. It was probably the scene where, like, the really cute romantic scenes that are also funny at the same time. Like, for example, um, when she's in his village and everyone's like, who's this lady? And he was like, uh, my fiance. And there's a scene where I think she wanted to prove herself to the village ladies. They probably mm. thought she wasn't, like, worthy. And she was like pat my head and he was like what like he was just kind of like oblivious like what are you talking about she's like pat my head or else i'm gonna stay here and marry you because i think your face is my type so it's just these little cute moments are really like i really appreciated the humor you know that was really fun uh, and it just I like totally, really i can totally see you saying that yeah. to someone else <laughs> threaten someone like yeah but for sure i think right off the bat i would say it's just like the blendedness of like the romantic funny scenes mm. um Plus, they did such a good job acting those scenes out. And um, the two other things that really got me was the chemistry of the of the leads. They were mm. so great. And I also really, really love the friendship of the military men. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those those three things. How about you? Actually, for yeah, for me, similarly, I think the the I mean, you called out something like the chemistry between the two act, the actor and the actress were, were really strong. But I also thought it was interesting that they created this intimacy very slowly so it's through comedic actions but it's also through a lot of these like very intense situations where they would like you know in a snap judgment moment do something that communicated that they were starting to fall for each other so i think it's very different than say like in in a lot of like western media um love is portrayed very like physically it's like people are bonded after there's a kiss or there's like sex but for them like i think they actually didn't kiss that many times throughout the entire drama. And before even the first kiss, you already, as a viewer, like, could tell they were in love. 
And so, like, I think that kept me because it was like, wow, it was like really good, like, character development and storytelling. And it almost started, like, making you fall in love with their love as a viewer. Like, you felt really involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a very, very good observation, Janet. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean... you're so right. Yeah, because I don't don't watch... Like, this was... I'm coming in very fresh eyes. Like, I don't really Mm. know kind of, like, Korean... or even a lot of like kind of general like Asian cinema. I knew I knew logically that people say they're not very as like physical, but mm-hmm. I was like, wow, why do I feel they haven't even like been physical? But I can t- like they're so in love, and you can tell that really quickly. It just reminds me of the scene where he bought he buys her shampoo and conditioner. Oh like, yeah. Little, yeah, yeah, and the candles, but not the scented yeah. candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Like these subtle I guess scenes really did build up the love because I did fall in love with them as. Because usually when you watch your dramas or like your shows, you're like, I wish I was dating him. But you're like, no, I want you two to be together. I think it's because they did such a good job of building that out. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Helen? What what got you hooked on the drama? I think there were two things. So like one, the character development was super good. Yeah. And I think especially for uh, Yoon Seri, which is <laughs> the main character. Um, I liked how she started off as like a businesswoman and someone who's very independent and not needing to rely on her family and how she became somewhat like helpless and Mm. stripped of her heiress title when she was in North Korea. But she was still very like determined and headstrong and independent when she was there. Um, There's a part of me that kind of could see myself in her. Mm. Not the rich part, obviously, maybe the poor, like helpless and stubborn (laughs) part. (laughs) But I could also see myself getting into a lot of shitty situations. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I relate to this character, like, very, very much, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the moment that actually got me hooked was at the end of episode one, when she kind of, like, crash-landed into the forest mm. in the DMZ area in North Korea, which was Captain Ree's like, patrolling area. And I think this is something very unique. And tell me if I'm wrong, Mel, because you watch a lot more K-dramas. But at the end of each episode of Crash Landing, they'll replay a scene from earlier in the episode to give either more detail of that scene Mm. or to give another character's perspective of that scene. So Mm. at the end of episode one, when they show the scene of her like hanging in the tree and trying to reach someone on her walkie-talkie, the camera kind of like pans over to him, to Captain Bree, and just like that long gaze that he gave her, Mm. it was like maybe a two-second gaze before he like pulled his gun out of her, but you could tell that he really liked her just from that one subtle look. And I was like, oh, shit, this is how it starts. And that's when I got, like, all weird and giggly. But, like, I think that's, that's like, the first time I was like, ooh, yeah. Like, the, the subtle moments to build up on their love. Yeah. Exactly what you were saying, Janet. Mm. This is, like, one of those moments. And I completely bought into the moment when I saw just, just the gaze that he gave her. Yeah. So loving. Dude, I, I'm like literally gonna go back and look at that gaze now because I, I kind of don't remember that part. It's a good oh part. Oh my though. gosh! Yeah, yeah, that that one got me. And I think with Crash Landing, like you asked if this is something they do a lot in Korean dramas, they actually don't do that a lot. They usually mm. just like end it with credits and like a preview of the next episode. They don't go back to like a previous scene. So mm. I think Crash Landing did a really good job of making really um kind of like a thoughtful, cute moment because I think Marvel does like oh like here's a suspense like a kind of surprise but I yeah, think Crash Landing yeah. did it more like a oh, here's a sweet moment of little things to get you really hooked on the yeah. relationship part so that was mm-hmm. a good yeah or I liked how it's like it is from another character's perspective mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. same scene yeah, so it's yeah. like how did this character also feel during this time so they did a really good job with character development and maybe even like the end scenes kind of plays a role into that too you know yeah 
Yeah, I did yeah. I did notice that that when they would replay the scenes in the beginning at the end, sometimes it would be from a different person's perspective, so you would get mm-hmm. more information from that mm-hmm. scene. So instead of like right. cuz I wanted to fast forward as I'm like oh, I already seen this, but I noticed that sometimes they would show you something extra. So I was like, "Oh shit, I don't want to miss it." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah. right. It's funny cuz now we're talking about it cuz it's been a few like, I mean 2 months for me since I watched it, but I'm like Damn, this is such a good drama, you know? <laughs> I mean, we can't talk about crash ending without talking about the scenes that literally made you cry. Because I cried so much in this Korean drama. So, you know, what scenes specifically made you cry and why? Hmm. Jan, do you want to start us off since your memory might be fresh? My, so mine probably is not what you would think. I, I know it's a romance story, but I actually didn't really cry um, very much at the parts that were focused on, on love. But the thing that I did notice is that um, they talked about family a lot. And I think this is a popular theme in mm. a lot of kind of like maybe, I don't know, K-drama specifically, but maybe Asian culture entertainment. Um, and for me, especially, specifically, the and this is near the end, they got deeper into the story of Yoon Suri's mom. And um, mm. I think that they portray her as this very kind of like cold woman throughout most of the most of the show. And you kind of as a viewer, you don't you are a little ambivalent to her. Um, and then right. as you kind of view her more from Yoon Suri's perspective, you actually start to kind of like see her as a bad mother. Um, but then they get deeper and you start to learn that it's really complicated and that she has kind of her own suffering that she goes through. And I was like really moved by that. And I think that something about that mother-daughter relationship and also just like understanding the suffering of a woman, like that was like mm. really moving for mm. me. Um, and also like it wasn't just between Yoon Suri and her mom, but um, even, I don't know, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, Ri Jung Hyuk, yeah. Cap- Captain, Captain, Rhee. Captain, Rhee. Captain Rhee. So when yeah. his mom um, was standing up for her son in front of like between the parents and almost like, you know, the, the hysterical joy that she felt when she like saw him was like so moving and the fact that she was ready to like poison herself it, to think that they might like, you know, come back and that he wouldn't be okay. And also mm-hmm. uh, Dan, the Captain Rhee's mm-hmm. like... Um, previous uh fiance even her relationship with her mom to see that her mom like there was that scene where dan's like really depressed in her bedroom and her mom came in and was like whatever you're suffering through share it with us we'll listen to you and we'll share we'll share that suffering with you Mm, um so those yeah those those parent child and family dynamics those were the ones i was like damn this is like tearing at the heartstrings oh Yeah. yeah yeah how about you ladies damn Janet goes deep. I'm just like, I got the the basic scenes got me crying. (laughs) It's okay, Helen. Save here, save here. (laughs) Well, there, I feel like there were so many parts where I was, I think like every episode I I like could feel myself tearing up or teared up. But the parts that really got me were um, when every time he crossed the demarcation line. Oh, dude. Yeah. (laughs) So the first time was, I think, nine episodes in. He, it was pretty funny to remember this. He was like, how could I forget the woman that fell out of the sky as uh, she's like crossing over? And she's like, I didn't fall. I descended. I was like, <laughs> damn girl. Okay. Didn't cry there. <laughs> and then so then she like crosses the line, obviously. And she starts like crying. And she's like, oh my gosh. Like thinking to herself, like she's going to miss him. And then he think, he does the unthinkable, which is step into enemy territory mm-hmm. as a North Korean soldier and says a single step should be okay and he yeah. pulls her in for a kiss and i was like oh, oh, oh damn that part did yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah i definitely did get like it was like a butterflies moment i didn't cry but yeah it was like a oh oh wow like yeah he like drops his hat and it's yeah. like oh oh it's so good oh my gosh this might be the most like giggly we've ever been <laughs> on ABG. 
And then, yeah, and then I think the second time uh, was, I think it was the last episode when they had the other moment of stepping over that line. And so many emotions kind of led up to that scene. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying to Janet, like she was, you and Sari, she was near death and her relationship with her mom was just starting to heal. So even yeah. seeing that just relationship start to, to mend um, and she's like, she's running towards him. He already crossed over the line and she was mm-hmm. running to him in tears yeah. and he like pushes off the North Korean military and, and steps over the line just to hold her. And then all these guns are drawn from both sides. And then she's just like, what should I do when I miss you so much? And he's like, just wait and pray desperately. And then he tells her that he loves her. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like drama central. And every, yeah. I think every time I watch that, that, that uh, scene, it's just so many different emotions on so many different levels yeah. from like the mother and the army men and them and their relationship and the Korean, the North Korean army guys were also in the scenes mm-hmm. and, and tearing up. And it was, it was just, yeah, yeah that scene got me hella bad. Man, I'm getting so excited. Getting so excited. <laughs> um, How about for you? Helen, mom? Helen, literally, you listed two out of my three scenes that I literally cried because um, the first scene for sure, when you're like, when he finally crosses the border. And then, because uh, I remember Helen, so Helen started watching this before Janet, and I kept asking her, what episode are you on? What episode are you on? She's like, oh, I was like, oh, not there. And I was waiting for you to watch this exact scene. Because then you, then when you said, I watched the scene, I'm just like, dude, you get it. You, like, that scene just gets you, right? And it just so, yeah. and it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It literally took, like, what is it, like, nine episodes in just to see that first kiss. You're like, you're, like, waiting for it, you mm. know? So when it finally happened, just, like, and they slow-mo the background, you know, all this stuff to make it super dramatic. And the music, so, the music is so, the yeah, soundtrack is so right? good. I just, oh, yeah. Yes, the yes. other, the, so the second scene too, I was saying the end. The end scene for sure, I like was bawling. Like I was crying because you know, mm. you know as a viewer, this is the final time they're saying goodbye. This is it. Like, because they said goodbye mm. at the first border crossing, but this one like with everyone around them. And for me, like really seeing the friends cry because I actually like, for me, I realized like mm. I do value friendship. So seeing them crying over their friends like not seeing each other anymore it's just like dude that yeah, really yeah. got me there's a sense of desperation there because she's also struggling because she's like still kind of wounded um so and yeah, him yeah. pushing the officers off i'm just like oh my god i i feel i just feel for you you know so obviously the other two scenes are more like well one's more romantic it felt like it's like a goodbye kind of cry but when i was watching the kiss at the hospital after he got shot it was um, yeah it was beautiful yeah. she was like kind of crying because she was so worried about him and i think he was a little standoff offish to her at first and then he came out and then yeah. and i remember seeing the beautiful tree lit up in the background it was like bouquet lights in the first kiss and then was snow falling i wasn't sure but that moment just made me like cry because like oh this is so beautiful you know and it wasn't mm-hmm. like a lame little kiss tap or never like whatever it was just like a nice romantic kiss so i was kind of tearing up for that part for sure you know yeah so these were kind of the more dramatic parts that moved our emotions to kind of tears were there any other parts that gave you kind of like butterflies i think at the end of every episode there's like a moment Mm -hmm. whether it's a kiss or a hug and these interactions like we've been saying just seem so like criminal like it's a story Mm -hmm. of forbidden love so everyone knows that they're attracted to each other, but they can't be together. Mm-hmm. But the scene, and this might be like a, a simple scene, but one that that made me feel very like, oh, was when they saw their the foot the first snow together. Mm. So she tells him, she says to him, like when uh, two people catch the first snow, it means that they will fall in love, and it starts snowing. And it reminds me of because growing up in Boston, I remember that was always a romantic moment that I wanted to capture with a loved one, right? Mm. I wanted to be, like, kissing them, and then, like, the first snowflake just falls between us and, like, lands on our lips or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
as I was watching that, I was like, oh, like it felt so warm just to just to see that yeah. and kind of nostalgic too. Mm. Um, but that was that was one of them. I have a couple of others, but I'm going to save it in case in case you ladies have the same ones. What about for you? Like, I want you to go all out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I can share mine real quick. Maybe we have some like similar scenes. I wrote in my notes. I wrote again so many so many scenes, but I wrote for various different reasons too. I think one that maybe all three of us could agree on is when Captain Reed was getting his soul makeover in those different suits. I was just like, oh, oh I wrote that down there too. <laughs> like, because you could tell like his face is just like, oh, I don't know what looks good on me, and then that. That like over over uh, enthusiastic uh, person was like, oh, everything looks good. You could tell Yoon said he was like the yeah. salesperson. She yeah. was like, bitch, get yeah. off my man. Like that's something. <laughs> I was that's like, thing. I got different kind of butterflies yeah. from that one. <laughs> what I mean, girl, I feel you. <laughs> it's funny because another one I wrote down was okay. I forgot his name. It's been so long. The second main guy who was like a con man. The second main guy. Oh, oh, I think I have his uh, name. Alberto yeah. Gu- Gusung yeah, Jun. Gusung. Gusung. Yeah. <laughs> there was a scene where I think um, he was he was staying at Danny's house and then he was in a towel like still out of the shower and all the I think her his her mom and oh. her uncle came in and they opened the door and he was shirtless or like I think the village ladies I was like pleasantly surprised how he looked in a towel I was like whoa I was like yo I did not expect that under that turtleneck you know so that I mean I felt kind of like butterflies there. For like, it's like a pleasant like. Oh, you were talking about those butterflies. Yeah. I thought this was like the romantic, oh, romantic. like all butterflies, but all Mel's butterflies are around the hot men. Yeah. I mean, there's different type of feelings. The other two scenes, yeah. um, I, I think I mentioned the the cry uh, hospital kiss for sure, and the last one I wrote was you know the scene of they're both in Yoon Seidi's house in Seoul and they're both getting drunk and she he was telling her like. Right, yes. like I want to, I want to see you age. Yeah, I, have I want to have kids with you. And, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that yeah. probably, I think I teared up during that part. That was less of a butterflies for me, and more of an emotional. Mm. Damn, that's such a. I mean, if a, if to hear a guy say that, like, I know shit. It's amazing. But also when she said, I think, I think she said like, but promise you'll only drink with me. And he said yes, and I was like, bitch, that's a <laughs> lie. <Yeah>. Like, you, <laughs> don't lie to her. That's true. That's when it was like, okay, this is now, are you actually telling the truth, or are you just saying things she wants to hear? That's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hello, was there any other scenes that I missed that you were, they're on your list? I said the candle scene. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, right? that was that was pretty moving. It's the scene where she gets lost in the markets of North Korea, and all the lights were off because they cut off the electricity at some point in the night. And she's freaking out, looking for the group of women that she's with. And um, obviously she can't find them. And she sees this like hot military man <laughs> holding up a candle. Obviously it's Captain Ree. <laughs> and it's like the scented candle that she's always wanted. So obviously they have a moment. They walk up towards each other. It's like embrace. And it's like, oh, so yeah. cute. <laughs> uh, I like how we're just like kind of like, you know, returning to little girls talking about this. And I love it. <laughs> Jada, what are some scenes that you felt like butterflies? Yeah, the things that stood out to me, actually, I don't know if like, they were more like really, really sweet and intimate moments. So not as perverted, like, as me and Helen. <laughs> perverted. I mean, I found that, I mean, those were interesting, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say I had, like, butterflies from them. But I think the the scene that stands out to me is when he proposed to her. So when they were in South Korea in her oh. home. And it was just, I think everything about that scene where it was just the two of them, the, the simplicity of the rings, and how she also seemed... I remember the dynamic being like it wasn't like he was in control and she was just like surprised as if like he wins all the points for like you know dash being the dashing man in the scene it was he had power and then there was a moment where she responded in a way that where he felt he was vulnerable 
So it felt like it was very much like equal part. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think she made some comment about like marriage or something where he was uncertain if she was actually bought in or not. Mm-mm. So it was just, it was really simple, really sweet, very balanced, very intimate. And also the scene um, where she was in her, in the hospital bed and um, they were talking about her wounds oh. and he got really close to her and he was like, oh, but I have a wound here on my nose and then on oh, my shirt. Yeah. And it was like a really slow, you're like, you know, a kiss is coming, but it was so innocent. You know, she was like, oh, where? Let me yeah. see. Let yeah. me see. And then suddenly he's like naked. <laughs> <laughs> but actually a lot of, some of the other love scenes, like I actually did, it kind of made me eye roll a little bit, but I think that's more oh, me because yeah. I'm like more jaded, but um, it, but they were mostly the love scenes that were near the end when it got very, very dramatic and almost like yeah, too yeah, yeah. fantastical. That's true. I, I There's a part of me that was like, I don't know, though. I feel like there's something with these Korean dramas where it's like they do it in such a soft way. Even like we said, like there's a story building component to it where each moment or interaction is so subtle. But then it's like, why is it cheesy or is it like mm-hmm. real? Like it's, it's hard to, you know. Yeah, no, I get you, though. I, I, I feel you. Skillshare is a sponsor of today's episode of Asian Boss Girl. We started ABG with little background in audio recording, professional writing, or editing. As we evolved into video content, setting up a business, and selling merch, we figured out a lot of things with the help of online resources. If you're someone who has an interest in learning a new skill or mastering an old one, Skillshare is a great resource. They offer classes designed for real life so you can move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. They offer classes like building an Etsy shop that sells and presentation essentials. Or if you're interested in personal development and lifestyle skills, there's Creative Writing for All, a 10-day journaling challenge, and Modern Flowers. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get two free months of premium membership. That's right, Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. Head to Skillshare.com ABG. Besides getting the right haircut, it's really important what type of shampoo and conditioner you use to maintain that fresh look. I have definitely struggled with this and spent way too long in the hair aisle looking up on the internet what product is best for my hair. Thank goodness for Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the internet's top-rated customized hair care brand. They formulate every bottle based on our unique hair types and hair goals. They gather your information through a quiz, and you can customize with a fragrance and color. You can even name your bottles, which we had a lot of fun with. It makes my hair washing experience much more pleasant. Function of Beauty is also vegan, cruelty-free. They never use sulfites, parabens, phthalates, mineral oils, or any other harmful ingredients. They are offering our listeners a savings of 20% on your first purchase. Go to functionofbeauty.com abg to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Don't spend another minute in hair misery. Go to functionofbeauty.com abg to let them know that we sent you. That's functionofbeauty.com abg. Well, a lot of people say that these Korean dramas romanticize love and give a false sense of reality when it comes to romance. Would you agree? I'm like on the fence with this. I think I consume so much Korean drama. So I put yes and no. I feel like I know these type of scenes that we mentioned, like, oh, like the scene, like Jenna just mentioned about like, oh, like I have a bruise on my nose. Like, dude, I'm not, I'm pretty sure no guy I'm going to date is going to do that. Like, I, I really doubt he would <laughs> choose to do that. So I don't think those type of scenes will actually happen. 
But I do think the scene, the feelings of butterflies that you get when watching these scenes can be present though. Like mm-hmm. those giddy moments. I feel real I feel in a lot of relationships there are there are still those giddy moments. Um, which is, you know, the honeymoon phase. But I will admit that my standards may kind of be going up when I do watch, like, these dramas. Because I'm like, dude, these guys are so, like, I'm not like, they're so fucking hot. And I'm like, dude, wow. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I literally feel like quarantine has turned me back into that 16-year-old girl that's, like, Googling all their images. And, like, my wallpaper is of a Korean actor right now. So just, like, in some ways, I think to some, some degree, it has affected my standards. But at the same time, like, those actions of what the Korean guys do in the dramas, I don't think it's actually going to be reality. But the feelings you get, I think, are going to be there. Mm. Yeah. How about you, Jay? That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't really think about it that way. Um, I actually, I don't know that um, they romanticize love, but I do think that they give a false sense of how dramatic love should be. Um, and I think in Asian culture, there's this big sense that like love is suffering. Right. And I think that that was like really heavily portrayed in the drama, like, especially as you got near the end of the series, there were a lot of these kind of more stereotypical, like too obviously emotional, too dramatic. And I was actually thinking near the end of the last couple episodes, I was like, damn, how were the auditions for this show? Like, could you imagine mm. being an actor and actress? I'm like, it must've been so emotionally draining to even shoot one episode. Cause they were just like constantly crying or scared or like red in the face, you know? And also I think near the end, they were just, they tie all these very dramatic sweeps of death that kind of tie. Like, I think once again, hyping up how dramatic love should be. It's like she, she had a brush with death how many yeah. times and like so many scenes where there was that like intense cry of relief from either him or her because one or the other person was actually safe and alive yeah I don't I don't know that it romanticizes it but I think that it definitely made it like over dramatized I also mm-hmm. felt like um this was something I didn't think about during the show but like as we were kind of like outlining for the episode um this love story about like um what what were we were we saying like that it was it was like for, it was like forbidden mm-hmm. love right mm-hmm. it is actually very much similar to that structure of Romeo and Juliet where it's like you know the Montagues and the Capulets like they came from two different families and because of their familial background they're like forbidden to be together but there's and then there's all these like brushes with death and Mm -hmm. you know all that kind of stuff so I was like oh there maybe there is something about that storyline that just works Mm -hmm. across all different cultures as a way to that people like to kind of like show how love is so much about suffering and and drama I don't know (laughs) I mean they call it K-dramas yeah (laughs) that's true that's true it's not K-real life (laughs) (laughs) would I watch that (laughs) (laughs) yeah how about you Helen what did, did you do you feel like it romanticized love or I mean, I think there are qualities of Captain Ree that I found super romantic. Like, he got he has a broad mm. shoulders, him stepping over the demarcation line to be with her multiple times, and, like, the moments of when he's stocking her kitchen full of food mm. and, like, obviously risking his life for her multiple times. But I think the realistic part of me while watching this was, like, I don't think I could be with a guy that's so emotionally reserved. Because there, mm. there are some times when I felt like she was talking to a wall. Like, he had this, like, <laughs> huh? kind of like face on him throughout the series. Am I, yeah, is, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, there were definitely moments um, when Philip was sitting on the couch and watching with me at the same time that I just look at him and be like, well, like, why aren't you doing that? And he'd just be like, Helen, like, this is this is fake, okay? This is fake and over-dramatized, like you were saying, Janet. Um, but it, it does make me, like you were saying too, Mel, it, I think moments like this can be replicated in your life in a different way. And you, you sort of get the same feelings. So it makes me happy about the reality of it because obviously I don't want to be near death every every yeah. day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, it, it does. It does give you that sense of just like it replicates the feeling that you want in a mm-hmm. relationship, which is nice. Yeah. But all three of us, we know that that's not reality. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if a Korean actor that's on my wallpaper shows up in front of my door, I mean that I shoot. I'm all for that though. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Who's the person on your wallpaper? Gong Yu from Goblin. Goblin was the drama that Crash Landing overtake in terms of ratings. So before Crash Landing mm. um, on that channel, Goblin was the number one. Which I just rewatched, but he's so hot. Mm. Do you ladies have any more overall comments? You know, thoughts on the drama? I'm pretty sure, like for you two, it's one of the first Korean dramas you guys watched, right? Yeah. Um. So for the North Korean parts, I actually realized between the three different settings of North Korea, Switzerland, and and South Korea, um, the North Korean parts were my favorite, and mm. um, I think that it's maybe because like. Uh, the lavishness and the urban living of South Korea, like you, that is still pretty common that you see that in a lot of different forms of entertainment. And even Switzerland, like the beautiful natural settings, like that is also depicted pretty often. But the simple farm living and also the very different like socio-political setting of North Korea, just in general, like it's not shown a lot. I thought mm-hmm. that, the, I like the way that they captured that and be able to kind of get a peek into that world. Yeah, no, I agree. I really liked seeing the North Korean parts too because it just felt so real. Like even her stumbling into the village and having all the lights shut off mm-hmm. or or, or when she's um, taking a shower in the tub and she has to put plastic sheets over her tub just to contain like the steam mm-hmm. to have a hot shower or like storing kimchi underground because there's no electricity half the time it's, it's like it's like a glimpse into this world that we've that has always been dark in our minds and even on like google maps has been dark mm-hmm. so i read somewhere that um, in order to make this drama as real as possible the team actually conducted detailed interviews with north korean defectors ranging from soldiers to wives of military officers, merchants, doctors, pianists. Um, and they said it's about like 60 to 70% accurate, oh, which, wow. is, which is pretty cool yeah. to know that. They said like the, the tub thing is like a really real thing. That's something that they always did. But I think a lot of people are also saying that it glamorized the soldiers too much mm. because uh, men in North Korea, they entered the military when they were 17 and they served for like 10 to 13 years. And during that time, they're taught to be pretty ruthless and harsh and they rob homes and and rape women at night. But I think there's also like hope that this series does get over to North Korea so that they can see how positively South Koreans actually think of them Mm -hmm. and see them. Mm -hmm. And maybe even something could change because of this this series. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was an an interesting thing to think about because media does drive sort of perception and change, right? I actually agree with you both. Like my one of my favorite parts was like seeing the North Korean parts and... um, yeah, when I found out they had, um, you know, consultants from, like, North Korean directors as consultants, I thought that was really interesting. And I think I read online that they shot those parts actually in Mongolia um, mm-hmm. because they couldn't – obviously, they can't shoot in North Korea. Um, and I think overall, I also really enjoyed having Yoon Sedi as a very strong female character. I think Helen, you touched on really good um, traits that she had because, you know, I watched Korean dramas for, I don't know, like five – Oh, maybe 10 years now and I think it, you always see the story of this woman who is struggling she's poor she's trying to make money all this stuff she's, she's going through a lot but you don't see her coming from like a like an heiress like it's always like the heir you know that's it's a dude but having a female mm-hmm. be that character was really refreshing and I think overall you know after Crash Ending I started watching other Korean dramas but no Korean drama has really built the relationship Crash Ending has built with the two main leads. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like I appreciated it so much more. Now, looking back at Crash, like, they did such a good job. The writers and the, and the actors and actresses did a good job of making you really fall in love with them. With them as a couple. That you're rooting for them as, as a pair versus just one or the other. So, yeah, the character development there was like, really, really great. And you can just see the progression of Korean dramas has gotten so much better. The filming is beautiful. Like, the Switzerland scenes, oh my gosh. Like... 
I have a girlfriend who lives literally in Switzerland and she watched Crash Landing and they went to the area that they shot at and I was like, oh my god, are you freaking kidding me? Oh man. Yeah. And then I gotta make a trip out there. (laughs) Seriously, I think it's on my list now. So yeah, like overall, I would say it's a, it was probably one of the most solid dramas I've seen in a very long time. And I think, Janet, you mentioned it too, like, I really appreciate seeing an older couple. I think a lot of the Korean dramas now kind of are, like, more younger, and I kind of feel like I can't relate to it as much anymore. So seeing mm. an older couple is really refreshing and nice. How old are they? 37, 38. Oh, wow. They, honestly, their skin is so good <laughs> that they look, I didn't even think of them as an older couple, actually. Mm. Like, that didn't register mm. in my mind. Yeah. I just, I think because I see other dramas with, like, it's very apparent that the couples are young, so I don't want to say these couples are old, yeah. but it's, like, Comparing both, it's like their their age is a little bit older than mm. the 20, 22 year olds, you know? Yeah, yeah, I see. In Korean dramas, do the men always have broad shoulders? The protagonist? Not always. Okay, just wondering. <laughs> I know. Are they always this good looking? No. <laughs> Dude, it's kind of crazy how wide his shoulders actually are, though. I didn't <laughs> notice it until you mentioned it, and then there were certain scenes where I feel like they played off of it. They actually did call out something about his the width of his shoulders. I forgot which character they had that did that, but I was like, oh, I guess I'd... Yeah, he has, his body is like, doesn't look normal. <laughs> I like how when, like, Janet makes, like, I thought she was going to be like, and his body is amazing. She's like, it's not normal. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I actually did have um, some, some thoughts now that you guys were talking about, like, the lead character or, like, seeing kind of a strong female character. Um, the only other kind of, like, K-drama that, or K-Korean mm. kind of, like, entertainment that I have seen is My Sassy Girl. And Mm -hmm. uh, that was years, years ago, a long time ago. But I did notice something. I feel like uh, K-dramas tend to portray women in a way where they're both very shrewd and commanding, but also very feminine, soft, and almost like helpless. And almost never are they this in the same scene. Like they're either one or the other. Mm. Um, Mm. And so it's kind of strange that they have, it's like two dynamics and and they play both of these roles. And I'm wondering, is this, maybe is it because it's in a culture that kind of elevates men and sometimes kind of suppresses the power of women that in dramas and entertainment, it's a way for them to kind of like, if they know that women are going to be watching these, it's like for them to live vicariously through this character who can like be the soft and feminine person, but also be really strong and commanding. I didn't think about it. That yeah, way. no, I think that's a good point. That it, to to portray them as like a multi-dimensional character and not just someone who's like either super strong yeah. or just always helpless. Yeah, mm. yeah. Is that something that you've seen, Mel, in the K dramas that you've watched? I think it's been changing a lot. I feel like it just got back on the K drama hype, like probably more recently. But I would also say this, though, like I think that also explains like a whole facet of a woman, though. Like a woman is, is never f- fully like confident all the time or are always helpless. I think we're a blended breed, like kind of like men are too, to some degree. Like all of us, as a human, we're very complicated yeah. people. So K dramas do like a good job then of portraying portraying women maybe better i think they're doing a better job now what i noticed here is more of like there's a difference in power dynamic and i wonder if that's something that's always uh prevalent in k-dramas like seeing the uh sort of like the dynamic also between them two switch when they were in north korea Mm -hmm. right like at first Mm -hmm. she's the the rich heiress um and then she goes to his place and then all of a sudden she become he becomes the slightly more powerful one mm-hmm. and then when he, they're back in south korea like she becomes the powerful one again so there's always like a power dynamic mm-hmm. between the two and i wonder if that's something that's a common theme i guess yeah what were some parts that maybe you didn't like or parts that you thought were like holes in the story this would be a big spoiler alert if i talk about it i mean but... we already <laughs> we but... already gave the caveat yeah. early on i have spoiler alert i have i have mixed feelings about the ending because I, f- I feel like the ending <sighs> was very disjointed from the rest of the show like it was I felt like it was a really well written 
drama up until the point and then something like the last episode I almost felt like it was like a different person that made it um and it oh. kind of reminded me of like sex in the city where the movie where it's like it almost felt like they they wrapped it up in a way that kind of pleased what people wanted to hear or how they wanted it to end but mm. then yeah so I, I felt like it was like kind of too fairy taley. but then I thought about it and I was like but it also means that when you leave the series you have a very positive takeaway and a very pleasant feeling that lingers versus if it was just if it ended very dramatically and it was like just a good storytelling and like all of that I didn't think about that but I would kind of agree with you there I think there's a part of me that kept thinking they've both been in Switzerland before so I don't know if it was ever explained mm-hmm. throughout the series of why they couldn't just meet up there yeah. again that, that's one thing that I was just like huh yeah. is it because if he's in the army there are only certain times that he can leave or mm-hmm. what's the reasoning for not just you know meeting in a, in a neutral place yeah <laughs> I will now it's like oh my gosh let's not talk yeah. about this this is like the perfect series drama <laughs> actually okay I will say this now you bring it up I personally thought the ending was perfect <laughs> but I will say the parts that did make me cringe throughout the series was I thought the, the forcing parts of like I guess it's, this, these parts were needed to have that ending part that ending closure but I didn't I felt like them being so like oh we, we actually were at Central Central at the same time you know when I took my photo on the bridge I was just like that was a little too forced mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. them ending up at a place where it's neutral that made sense to me you know right but yeah. I, I think yeah, yeah. it was too forced of the Switzerland like uh, storyline story coming together yeah, the too weaving, perfectly like yeah mm. even the part of like when Danny realized like like he he remembered this girl like. He took a photo of this girl, you know, on the on the bridge and all this shit. And I was like, well, if you remember this girl from your photo, you should have recognized her when she crash landed on you. You know what I mean? Like, technically. <laughs> so I felt like that part was kind of, uh, but that was the only thing. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, I think I felt that way, too. I, or when I was watching with Philip, he was like, okay. You know, like, eye roll. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he definitely, yeah, I definitely got that feeling, too. Um, but I think the other parts were that when they kept coming back together and getting separated again, I think at one point, probably towards the end of the series, I was like, okay, this is getting kind of repetitive. It's like the same thing yeah. happening over and over again. And sure, each time it's like, oh, you got me. But it's like, oh, but you just got me last like episode. <laughs> why, why, why is this <laughs> continuously <laughs> happening? Yeah. You know, and when is it actually going to kind of like end? Yeah. That, and then I think the the last thing that I was like not happy about is just how Don or Donnie's story played out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I feel like she didn't do anything bad to be painted as such a villain or for us to want her to go through so much shit, right? Mm. Like losing out on her, on Captain Reed because he loved another woman and then losing another man that she fell in love with at the end. I was just like, why Why are you doing this to her? <laughs> this makes me sad. That's true. true. I did I did think about, mm. I was like, okay, the main couple is like so well played out, but then the other side romance stories, I feel like, yeah, that that, that couple got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like even the way that, um, is how do you say? his name Gu Sung Jun Alberto Alberto yeah. even the way that he died like his something yeah. was, his character is made to be kind of like not likable but I was like he yeah. died in such a rude way <laughs> like she was just like you know or he he basically was like just wanting to know basically do you love me and she gives him the answer he wants to hear and then he just dies on her I was like what yeah actually <laughs> so no that's a, good, that's a good point I actually felt like I mean maybe because I'm a fairy tale like person in, in, in the end but I would love if they would just able to keep them alive and they both maybe stayed in North Korea or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah I would I would yeah. prefer that ending for that couple. Same. But other than that, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. 
I know some people mentioned to me how they had issues with the villain. I didn't mind the villain. They're like kind of, they're saying like, why is he doing that stuff? I was like, well, to be honest, it's because he's corrupt and likes money, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the end. He was a very good actor. I thought he played his role so well. Yeah. Yeah. Even his death scene, I was like, dramatic, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're killing it. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So when I first saw him on screen, I'm like, oh, really? And then as he started acting, I was like, oh, shit, Yeah. I think I may be wrong, but he's actually a musical theater actor. So he came from like theater, oh. and I was watching their behind the scenes. He's actually really funny on set, and I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, I, I was watching those. I was too. like, "Imagine yeah. if you're like known as comedic dude, but you're like turn it on when the cameras are rolling to this like insane villain. You're like, oh shit! Like, how do you do that? Yeah, even like Don- Donnie, right? Like, I feel like she didn't smile at all yeah. throughout the whole series. But then when you're watching the behind the scenes stuff, she's like always laughing and always like joking i was like oh wow very good actors act very good characters yeah. so obviously we want to plan a trip to switzerland but is there anything while you were watching the series that you're like oh my gosh i i really want to try this the fried chicken i'm gonna uh, <laughs> the fried chicken right fried chicken and also soju and clams is that a thing oh yeah oh yeah that looks I think so good it is. i feel like i've seen something about that seems very like familiar <laughs> that i've heard yeah like, i really want to try that that looks so good <laughs> actually i kind of wanted to try her tub to be honest <laughs> I could see like Mel trapping herself in with a plastic bag and she can't get out of it. <laughs> and then it's like way too hot and she's just like, help, get me out of here. You know what's one thing we actually haven't gone together with that I always see in Korean dramas is the jinjimbangs, like the like the spas. Oh yeah. I do wanna I do wanna check one of those out. Cause it's like you go and they you can have like meals in there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should go. You wanna go to a a get naked spot. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get naked. You go to like the clay areas, you know, where our clothes are on. Oh, but did I'm you? Down for that. Did you know that the barbecue chicken place that they that they always promo is actually they have places in LA that we could get order from. Oh, it's like it's an actual chain? place. Yeah, it's a chain. What? Oh. Noted. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do that and then go get soju in clams. I'm down. <laughs> Ooh. In Ooh. a spa. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> As women who have navigated the various life transitions of our 20s and 30s, whether they be related to career, relationships, or identity, we have found that talk therapy is a proactive way to manage our mental well-being. ABG is partnering with BetterHelp, an online counseling service available to our listeners worldwide. They assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist with whom you can communicate through messaging, phone calls, or video sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Throughout these past few strange and challenging months of quarantine, I've been attending weekly video sessions with my therapist and have found it to be tremendously helpful. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com abg10, that's better, H-E-L-P, and join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. They have a special offer just for ABG listeners where you can get 10% off your first month. Try it out at betterhealth.com slash abg10. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. 
And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So to wrap up this episode, we thought it'd be fun to ask like a fun question, you know. So who would you want as your male co-star if you're in a Korean drama? I know Janet's answer. Just look at her face. I, yeah. <laughs> I have I have an old old crush on an old school um, actor, Daniel Henne. So and he's like probably much the only one that I know. So <laughs> wait, how'd you hear about Daniel Henne, dude? I think it actually was all the way back in high school, like probably from like a couple of friends. Yeah, but I don't. I'm not really sure. And then with the onset of like Instagram, because I got access to, I follow his profile, and he really <laughs> he's a really cute dog, and he always posts about him and his dog. Sometimes his mom. Not a stalker, not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, ladies? Okay, obviously you can't cast Phil. Duh. Who would you? Um, I don't. I I don't watch enough K dramas to know who would be. So I would say Hyunbin. I guess would be, but like someone who's someone like him, but with a more a little bit more like personality. You don't. You, you didn't think the guy from Itaewon class is hot? Uh, in Itaewon class, I think his hair hairstyle just like really threw me <laughs> off. So I can't. I can't see anything other than that hairstyle, um, which is like flat. Like it's, it's like a mushroom cut, like flat up against his head. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, but I don't know. I mean, Godfrey Grau, rest in peace. I would say mm-hmm. someone that yeah, someone like him. Oh, yeah, he's was he was really he was really hot. Yeah. How about for you, Mel? Oh man, I have a list going. Um. I think I narrowed, out, narrowed it down to two people. I actually would choose Park Sojun as one for sure because I watch a lot of. I actually watch most of his dramas. He actually is super playful as a character in a lot of his other Korean dramas besides ET One Class and Minus That Mushroom Hair. Fucking <laughs> his, his body. Woohoo! <laughs> Hello! I'm a huge fan. And one thing, one person I, I've literally I've been crushing on for a few years now is Gong Yu. He's one of like probably the Hyunbin level of like, um, like star star level he was in goblin and i rewatched goblin recently and my god i think he's just beautiful beautiful man and he's like really fun in interviews he has more personality than him being too so he has a small ass head like if i were to take a photo with him i need to be like two three feet away from him <laughs> i'm just saying but go you for sure that's what i thought too he does have a small, small head. head he knows that too yes he knows he does he knows <laughs> it's one of his nicknames <laughs> that his i don't nickname call him is small head or like something oh. in korean that's what i heard but 
Yeah, so Park So Jun for sure. Also, I just want to date him in real life. He's just someone like, yeah, I'll date you. And Gong Yu, if I had to choose like an older actor, yeah. Mm. You have so many hot. options. <laughs> I'm so like, yeah, I've been obsessed. Okay, so I just have another question for you both. If you guys were like a lead in a Korean drama, like you think you're the lead actress, what role would you be like? Yes, I want to play this role. Girl, I don't, I don't know these roles. <laughs> I think, I think it would probably be um, Yoon Suri. Like, something, something like hers, where, yeah, she does have, like, the multidimensional mm-hmm. female character, owns her own business, becomes helpless, then ends up with the man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that very typical? <laughs> no, but actually, when you were describing why you liked her in, earlier in the episode, I was like, I could actually see really, like, the correlation with you both as a character, so I'm like, it makes sense. How about for you, Janet? I think it'd be fun to play, like, a female assassin character. But I don't know. Mm. That sounds like it'd be very physical, though. So I don't know. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen in that but, story? You're the you're a female assassin, but you you're first you're supposed to assassinate. You end up falling in love with him. <gasps> yeah, oh, that's the drama right dude. there. Dude. Okay. That, should yeah. we expand on our YouTube series and start doing like an <laughs> ABGK drama that Mel writes? Yo, I actually have been thinking about this. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be so bad because, like, I'm sure, especially with like an, an action, se- a film or whatever that we put out, it's gonna be so. Bad. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That, 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 that's the beauty of it. Wait, Mel, what about you? What would your if you had to be a female role? What would this storyline be? That's really what would hard. Mel be? I don't. I honestly, I never thought about this question a lot or ever. Um, I always thought like the leads I want to be with, but I've been watching Fight for My Way, which is another Korean drama with Park Soju and I've been watching it, but I like the story of like the coming of age type of thing where it feels like relatable, like these are these young people who are living together and not, not the most fanciest house, but they're trying to pursue their passion. And I thought that's a really cute role. It feels realistic. Mm. Yeah, that's what I would probably <laughs> want my first role to be because I'm not a good actress and so I gotta do something close to reality, right? So that's what I, that's what I would choose. <laughs> I know we touch on K-drama, which is a part of the How You Wave, but there's other parts of it like K-pop and food that I would love to talk about in a different episode. But thank you for listening to us, you know, being all giddy, you know, reminiscing about this Korean drama we just watched. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and fulfilling Mel's wish of talking about Crash Landing. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Trust me. Jen and I know. <laughs> I, I know that for those of you who watched the series and loved it, many of us feel that void of finishing the series. And hopefully this episode can fill some of that void for you. This topic was a new one for us, but we know we have a lot of K-drama, K-pop fans out there that are ABG, ABB listeners. So let us know if you enjoyed it and if you'd want us to expand on this topic too. We have some partnerships we'd love to share with you all. The links and codes can be found in our show notes. And for more partnership discounts, head to our website. You can find us on all the podcasting platforms. We are Asian Boss Girl. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating and review. And if you'd like to support us through monthly donations, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. We are also very active on social. Our handle is at asianbossgirl. So if you resonate with today's episode, screencast the podcast, tag us, and we can reshare on our IG story. Also, find us on YouTube where we have started posting some vlogs. Subscribe at asianbossgirl. And thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. Catch you all in the next episode. Bye! Bye.